I'm Stephanie. And I'm Rachel. And this is Neurodivergent Voices, the podcast amplifying the voices and lived experience of the neurodivergent community. We're licensed occupational therapists who specialize in the brain and are neurodivergent ourselves. Join us every so often in this podcast that is for you and by you, the neurodivergent community. If you're interested in learning more about neurodiversity and joining a vibrant community of neuro-inclusive adults, head to our website, divergecommunity.com. Interested in an interview? Email divergecs at gmail.com to get it scheduled. Let's get to it. The episode we're bringing to you today is going to sound a little bit different. Instead of an interview, we are sharing a conversation. Though we'll continue with our weekly interviews, we'll also be sprinkling in some episodes like this every now and again to allow us to dive more deeply into topics of concern to the neurodivergent population. We're calling these special episodes Thoughts About Blank with So-and-So versus Interview With. Today's episode is Thoughts About Neurodivergent Supports with Nancy. For a little context before we jump in, Stephanie and I tragically lost a friend and neurodivergent peer earlier this week. Nancy, who you met in our first episode, reached out to us to offer support over coffee, which we graciously accepted. We asked her if we could record our conversation. So this is that. Three neurodivergent women exploring difficult topics and searching for light and darkness that may guide other neurodivergent folks who are suffering in silence. A listener warning, though this is a mostly positive conversation, we do mention suicide and mass shooting, so listener discretion is advised. Thank you for listening. Wow, it's surreal being here in person. Thank you guys so much for coming. Like, literally means the world that you guys drove, like, (laughs) two hours, like, seriously, between, yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. It was our pleasure, and it was mm-hmm. so, so nice of you to even think about this. Uh-huh. I mean, seriously. It's it, just... it, like, broke my heart watching you guys, I think. Like, I don't know your friend, yeah. but she's still, like, she's a part of our community, and mm-hmm. that's... Like, and then I thought about my own kiddos, oh, and I was yeah. like, gosh, like... You know what, what really hit me was that you're like, she was so full of life. Yeah. Yeah, she really was. She was... You, she always had a smile, always was having a dance party in front of absolutely everyone. Um, she, we worked at a TBI rehab clinic and was always, she was the PTA, always dancing with her clients. Always. Always. Like, that's how she would do activities, was dancing. She yeah. was playing basketball in the courtyard. She's like, okay, we're going to do PT, but fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she always brought life to the world. She really did. It's just like... She just knew how to connect with anyone. Yeah. And she's like one of those people that when you're in a room with them, you just feel like the most interesting and important thing. Like, mm-hmm. being around her, you like you feel like you're funny, even if you're not funny, you yeah. know? Oh. And so I think just kind of losing that kind of light is what's been so hard. And then also knowing that, you know, she died not really fully knowing who she was in mm. a lot of ways, mm-hmm. right? So she struggled with a lot of... Um, different identities. She was someone who, you know, identified as gay and started to identify as ADHD and may have even been autistic Mm -hmm. and was just kind of exploring that. And she came from a place that didn't understand any of those things really at all Mm -hmm. and struggled with a lot of family, not close family, but 
mm-hmm. like cousins and stuff that would disown her and oh, yeah. religious backgrounds like there's just yeah. so mm-hmm. so many influences that she went through and even so like she was always just saw the good in everyone yeah. she wasn't angry towards those things not outwardly anyway no, you know she no. just opened her heart and mm. Yeah, literally taking in stray cats, like, six stray oh. cats in her backyard. She would feed them. So yeah. many Yeah, she, I mean, living in a suburb and having all the outdoor cats live in her backyard. <laughs> that says something. Yes, yeah. it's oh, true. Yeah. It is a suburb with Madison Heights with all yeah. of her. Mm-hmm. And she named them all. They all had a middle name. And every oh. single one of them was Marie, because that was yeah. her middle name. <laughs> so she had Kitty Marie, mm-hmm. something, whatever. They're all yeah. something Marie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So oh, she was just gosh. she was just really really special and it was hard knowing to like obviously it's shocking when mm. something like this actually happens but we did know she was struggling mm-hmm. for a while and i think that's even harder because we kept thinking like you can't put this on you but like had she had more support or mm-hmm. had she had more time to understand what she was going through mm-hmm. could things mm-hmm. have been different mm-hmm. yeah that's tough <sighs> You, you can't. You're right. You can't. Right. You can't yeah. put that on you. Um, but I think it's impossible not to think about the what ifs, too. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, how do we find those people before or earlier? Right. Yeah. yeah. Or making sure that they have mental health professionals that are kind of trained in understanding mm. neurodiversity, too. Because... Mm. Not everyone knows how to talk about, like, your ADHD or autism or how to, like, not necessarily treat it, but Mm -hmm. how to identify it and how your brain works differently with coping Mm -hmm. versus others. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because this person did have a therapist, and she had Mm -hmm. a good therapist, Mm -hmm. right? But a therapist we know personally and knows doesn't really have experience with that. Mm -hmm. And so it's not any failing of her own, Mm -hmm. but it's just kind of highlights that there is room for better understanding. Right, right. That, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's just, go ahead. Oh, no, go, go for <laughs> I just, it. I think it's just kind of like, we already had this flame and this fire burning very deeply for what we're doing, but I think like that just made it that much more imminent and like we can't, there's no question of whether we, we should or could, we have to, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the world needs yeah. both of you to go out and help. And you. Yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. 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 <laughs> and there's not, yeah. so I think this is so cool because like, and I feel like if this goes out to the world, like people will be thinking like, but aren't you guys competitors? Yeah, right. right? <laughs> like, I mean, like, I think it will go through people's yeah. mind. Like, yeah. wait, hold on. You guys are only an hour apart from each other. Yeah. You're, mm-hmm. And like, and I know, I think people I, I've been talking to have thought that same thing. And I'm like, there's so much that needs to be done in this world. Like, yeah. we need to have a room filled with people and yeah. still be, like, still have a need that is so beyond what the three of us or six of us or ten of us could do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I met with a mom yesterday and she was just so, I think, disappointed that teachers don't understand. Yeah. And, and I fully agree that they, and I, again, it's not their fault. Like, right. The education system does not, like, they get like five hours of like neurodiversity-ish training. Yeah. I don't know, something crazy. Ish. Is the ish. ish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, I would love to even see that, yeah. right? Like, what are they actually? Mm-hmm. Um, Usually it's just labeling what the kid has yes. and not actually how to help them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's only like the, you know, the kids running around the room, not yeah. the kids staring out in the playground or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And um, again, like my, my kids have great teachers, but they, they truly don't 
don't know. Mm-hmm. They, they haven't been educated. So, gosh, if we could start that mm. process and, edu- you know, give the yeah. kids the, the support, maybe mm-hmm. in 20 years, we won't have yeah. as many mental health crises <laughs> as adults that, mm-hmm. like, you can see the cycles that are yeah, absolutely brewing from, from such a young age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and even, like you said, therapists. Um, my son has a really good one who is all about ADHD, totally shies away from dyslexia because he mm-hmm. doesn't know. Yeah. And I think we all do that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know much about OCD. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I don't know. Like, teach me the things, but I still yeah. don't know. Like, mm-hmm. I haven't lived it. Yeah. So I don't yeah. jump in as fully because I don't, I haven't lived that. But as a therapist, I, I don't know. We just have to do a better job of at least pulling it out of people, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think such an important kind of initial step that any of these people can take is just that willingness to listen and learn Mm -hmm. and to validate the experience. Mm -hmm. So, like, we will never understand everyone's lived experience. Mm -hmm. Like, even as three people that all have ADHD, we all have such different experiences with it. Mm -hmm. And so not assuming that we understand everything and not assuming that we're the expert but being curious i think Mm -hmm. anyone can do that Mm -hmm. right but that's hard and a lot of people shy away they have a full their own life filled with experiences that tell them otherwise so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i don't know i don't know how we other than just modeling it for others Mm -hmm. and being open and and treating them i don't know like how we start that movement of just like listening to people i don't know Mm -hmm. And there really is not a lot of people like us out there yet, too. So even though we have, you know, friends and family that are like, well, aren't you guys competitors? Well, there's also literally hundreds of people that are messaging us on TikTok and stuff saying, why don't you guys exist closer to me and all this and that and the other? Because we just don't have the community there yet. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just better to help and support each other and knowing... Like, hey, I might not be the best person for you, but Nancy is great at this job coaching and can help you uh, talk to your boss and how to advocate for yourself. Uh, This is the perfect route for you. And just, like, knowing those connections on who's going to be your perfect person to work with, Mm -hmm. too. I think that's so important, that network Mm -hmm. of of almost, like, specialty in those different areas. And um, certainly you guys have more of a medical background, Mm -hmm. which is super important. And, like, when there's, like, doubt on my side, it's like, well, I don't have anything medical in my education history so I'm like can I even do this like am I like will people like listen to me (laughs) yes you know and so but like but those are like the doubts and then like having you guys almost like I'm like team Nancy too yeah you can do it (laughs) own it ladies yes yes you can you need to um isn't is important and you know I just bring a different perspective but not necessarily maybe less just different but Still, like those mental scripts are in all of our heads too. So they really are. Yeah. But I think um, what you both touched on about whoop, my train has left the building. My, th- <laughs> <laughs> my train is on. I thought he was going to I'm like, oh, this is going to be a really good. Oh, there it goes. I went right out the door. We washed it like slow. <laughs> oh, I, I know it is. I know it is. This idea of um, having a network, knowing who the experts are or like who, whatever, I think comes back to our previous conversation where we were talking about like owning our strengths and owning what we're really good at and acknowledging what we need support with, right? And so I have another really good example. I recently have been looking for a neurodiversity affirming therapist for both myself and my husband. 
and um, it was like a very like morally taxing experience because it was very difficult to find anyone, especially anyone within our insurance. There were some good mental health counselors, but psychiatrists I'm mm. still looking for. But I did find someone, and he was just so gracious. And he said, hey, I have a wait list, but let me tell you about, like, other therapists that I know that I can recommend to you. Mm-hmm. And, like, he just talked them up and really promoted them. as like, this is a, a female who's an expert in this. You know, and really, yeah. instead of being like, you better wait for me because I need your money, he's like, hey, I really, we need, as a community, as a neurodiversity-affirming community that is small, we have to support yes. and lift each other up so we can help. Yeah. Because it's more, honestly, yeah. for all of us, it's more than just... Oh. business is right, yeah. right. like the future of ours right mm. like all of us can probably make way more money <laughs> doing, all doing yes. something i yes. I, I feel very confident yes. saying that yes um yeah but that's not that's not what gets me up in the morning no. like that is yeah and it makes me do the hard things because i know that there is something bigger mm-hmm. it's bigger than me it's bigger yeah 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 it's yeah. bigger than all of us yeah, yeah. It's for your kids to make sure that their bosses are understanding or their teachers are understanding or that they can understand themselves and how to advocate for themselves or understand their own sensory processing system so they know when they're about to have a panic attack or overwhelm. Yeah. Yeah. Walking into the room and owning it because of their brain. I think think someone I know said a quote about that. (laughs) I love that one. It was was just so... It's been... Okay, so... Both of our parents are just, like, our biggest cheerleaders in the world. Uh-huh. But it was so freaking cute. After they watched our episode, our interview with you, mm-hmm. they sent Stephanie and I a video of them right after it, watching it. And they're like, <laughs> bravo! <laughs> oh, you guys are amazing! <laughs> it was so sweet. Like, Nancy's so great. Wow. <laughs> we were just talking about, like, oh, yeah. she's just such an interesting person. And where did you meet her? Yeah. And I was just like, oh, my God. So I'm like... If you, it sounds like you have great and wonderful supportive parents. I was too, just going to say, you need more cheerleaders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that. It's so interesting how we've all made it out on the other side. Like, because yeah. I, I always tell parents, I'm like, you just got to get them through school. Like, the, yeah. those twelve years are awful. Like, they, they're flat out. Like, it's just going to suck. Mm-hmm. But if we can get them out on the other side, confident mm-hmm. and loving themselves. And still ready to take on the world, like they're going to be golden because they've already been through so much crap, right? Um, But the big thing is like having somebody that believes in you. Mm -hmm. It's I think it's even just one person, like, and I think all three of us have had like the most amazing parents, Mm -hmm. which literally wouldn't be here without like. No. Oh my gosh. No, if I didn't have my parents, literally (laughs) causing hell, frankly, to school. Principles and stuff advocating for me and my dyslexia, like getting me tested, yeah. saying, "Well, she's really smart in science. Don't put her in like these classrooms. Like keep keep her in these classrooms for math and science because her brain is still wonderful. She just needs help in these areas. And why aren't you giving her the assistance?" And literally, my dad, you know, making threats, frankly, to the school, but not ha- seeing someone like advocate for myself. I don't know where I'd be today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so powerful for parents. Mm-hmm. And I think parents have to hear that. It's yeah. like, you literally, you literally have to pound on the table and sometimes get in people's faces mm-hmm. to get stuff done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what other reason would you do that but for your kids and their own, like, mental well-being? Gosh. Like, 
seriously, there's nothing bigger, I don't think, to fight for than that. Yeah. Mm. But it's so, as a parent on the other side of that table, <laughs> it is scary as shit. Yeah. Because you have literally administrator after administrator after teacher after psychologist with degrees that are telling you that your kid is fine. And that they maybe shouldn't be in honors classes because... So super proud of my daughter got in, recommended into honors biology. Mm-hmm. Very dyslexic, um, ADHD too, but really struggles in math with mm-hmm. dyscalculia. And uh, just has worked so, so hard. And, and she, she is getting into honors biology next year in high school, but it wouldn't have happened if I wouldn't have kept pushing. I had to get her tested three times to confirm that she had dyslexia. Like I had to pay for three different professionals over the years in second grade and fourth grade and in fifth grade. But, and most parents usually stop at the first, right? Like Mm. a professional said, Mm -hmm. she doesn't have dyslexia. She just needs to try harder. Or the principal says, no, I don't think they need that and stop just right there, not Mm -hmm. even going into the testing group just because Mm -hmm. the teachers are someone that you think is the expert and would know because of, you know, Mm -hmm. child development said, no, I just, I don't see it. You know, mm. especially for the girls with ADHD who are just staring, you know, at their mm-hmm. desk or something and not being the disruptive boy. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. Yes. Or they're getting good grades. Yeah. Like, oh, well, they're getting mm-hmm. good grades, so it's fine. Yeah. Like, what? That can't, that's not the only basis. Mm-hmm. Like, at what cost? Too <laughs> yeah. At yeah. What cost? And have all this anxiety now because of that. And, yeah, mm-hmm. I just, I feel like. The more parents I talk to, like, that's, like, it's so hard to talk about because I, like, I'm, I'm still living it, too, with yeah. the parents. But it is so important that you just don't stop and keep fighting. And there are really good schools out there, too. Mm-hmm. There's a really good one in Michigan, mm-hmm. in, like, the Detroit area that's mm-hmm. dyslexia-focused and yeah. it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some there's some great boarding schools, too. They're pretty pricey. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's some in Columbus. Unfortunately, Toledo doesn't. I wish... Later, later in life to get stuff, but um, Mm. there are good resources out there. But you really have to dig. Mm -hmm. Man, my wheels are just my gears are just spinning over here. Just like every time I have a conversation about this kind of stuff with people, I just see new opportunities and I see new areas that need to be addressed. And I think the thing that is giving me most life out of Diverge is like having aha moments with people and also like helping them to experience aha moments. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm most excited about. Even just with like through TikTok, we're not getting any profit. It takes a lot of time, but we are helping people have those aha moments. Mm -hmm. Like my family understands themselves and me way better because of this. And so I'm thinking like, how can we, um, provide education on this 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 broader scale this this larger outlet like Stephanie and I were talking about like how important it is in workplaces obviously Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. also healthcare professionals who are missing I mean you can't go to your primary care physician as an adult who thinks they might be on the autism spectrum and get a proper diagnosis like they'd be like I'm you're not a boy you're not Mm -hmm. flapping your hands you're fine Mm -hmm. right which is Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. just so there's just so many areas like that. Education, the healthcare system, public policy, workplaces, um, even mental health, mm-hmm. even yeah. mental health, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, sorry to take this on kind of a morbid sad thing. We can gear right back up if we want to, <laughs> but I think this has been at the forefront of my mind recently with the newest act of the shooting mm-hmm. in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And um, 
Stephanie and I were talking about this because this is an individual who identified as transgender, who had um, was on the autism spectrum, and so we're like, for all intents and purposes, she's neurodivergent just like us. Mm -hmm. What failed her? Mm -hmm. What went wrong that this was the outcome? Mm -hmm. And how can we not let stuff like that happen? And how can we also not let that experience Right, continue to write this misinformed narrative on mm. what it's like to be neurodivergent. Neurodivergence doesn't make you a mass serial killer. Yeah, yeah, right. Yes. Not, I mean, a mass shooter. Yeah, right. But what f- what failed her? Mm. What could have been different? Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, from my mm. perspective, it's more surprising when people make it out than when people end up. I, I just yeah. like, and that that is so depressing to think about. Mm-hmm. I think we are the abnormal people Mm, that made it out and made it successfully through because we had parents fighting like hell for us Mm -hmm. and I I have no idea about that that person specifically in their bringing their growing up process but Mm. I bet that they probably didn't like they didn't have somebody that was just fighting like hell to get them the help they needed and to make them feel like they their brain was just it's wonderful as everybody else's um like i i do i I wonder i'm like how do some even my father i'm like how did he make it so Mm. like like it's tough right now but it was really tough 50 years ago yeah right like he got held back in the first grade because they thought he couldn't read it wasn't that like my yeah. gosh and he has adhd of course he was like sticking things in light sockets and yeah. blowing stuff up like yeah, he also like created all these m- weird patents on welding machines and like mm-hmm. so like how did he like how did they how did people make it out i guess on the other side i like that question even more yeah yeah, yeah. what went right mm-hmm I think it's important how you talk about the support that they all had, too, though, that that is kind of how we've noticed as a common denominator in what's been helping others is realizing that you have that support, like yeah. mm-hmm. saying, oh, like, this is probably not the best to put something in an electric outlet, but <laughs> here, here's some other tools, and, like, I love this creativity that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Here's some safe stuff that for you to play mm-hmm. with and still keep on going with that creativity. Because yeah. maybe it was just, yeah. you know, yeah. all right, like, don't, electrocute yourself but here's some cool stuff that we can do right over here and you can still oh. get that creative brain going so yeah. it still was whether that like your yeah. grandma or whoever yeah. knew it was probably still supporting it in an affirming way right. yeah and think about how different that response could have been mm-hmm. right <gasps> panic yeah. you come up to this person oh, you idiot are you trying to yeah. kill us and others yeah. and then you internalize right. that right mm-hmm. oh yeah. I'm an idiot yeah. Oh, I'm trying to hurt people. You know, it's mm-hmm. just like those mm-hmm. things, those experiences over and over again. And how our nervous system, how we react to others is mm-hmm. so powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially over the course of development and growing up that way. So, yeah, being like, wow, you are curious. I love that. All right, let's go try this. <laughs> yeah, let's <laughs> let's redirect. Yeah. 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 Typically, when we put stuff in there, things blow up and we get hurt. We don't want that. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, how can we? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that takes... That takes so much self-awareness and insight yes. and emotion regulation on your mm-hmm. part to be able to do that. Because mm-hmm. you think, yeah. oh my God, danger. Right. Mm-hmm. This person's about to get hurt. How does that translate into an effective response, I think, is challenging. Yes. Itself, yes. Right? I mean, I'm not a parent, but I can imagine just with no. my dog. Be like, no, 
<laughs> and I think, at least with my children, they're really, like, perceptive on emotions. Mm-hmm. So I don't even have to, like, get to that. And, mm-hmm. and like, my little one's like, why are you uh, so mad? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I was just thinking about three other things. Yeah. Like, by the way, don't, like, let's do something else. Right. Like that. Yeah. But, but, like, like but they're so emotionally mm-hmm. perceptive, which is great in the work world and all yeah. these other things. But, like, as parents, it's really hard to, like, check yourself on the little things that you don't, maybe you don't think you're communicating. Mm. That's so true. And that's so powerful, especially when we are thinking about that in the context of neurodiversity, uh, especially when we start thinking about, like, autism spectrum disorder. Mm -hmm. And that, there's, like, this this spectrum, imagine that, this spectrum of experiencing and expressing emotions Mm -hmm. and in a way that is understood by others right mm-hmm. so you add that level on of maybe I'm not even aware of what my body cues look like to others and how they would be interpreting that I have to learn that first mm-hmm. and then to be able to in the moment regulate those so that I can be present for that person it's just like this whole other level so like thinking about in the future being a parent like I feel like I have I'm perhaps very good at masking and, and awareness of my body cues, but that's something I'm thinking about. It's mm-hmm. like, I'm an extremely anxious person. People that are perceptive are gonna pick that up, and how does that not influence my children in, in a way that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is detrimental for yeah. them, you yeah. know? Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm just gonna check the, mic, the camera yeah. quick, because yeah, I'm, I'm just nervous the battery died, we wouldn't know. <laughs> okay, we're good, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> just yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, we're like, stuck three, okay. we're good, okay. <laughs> Anyway, yes, yeah. I just had to also validate that, yes, I am an anxious person. I'm like, wait, did the camera die? Baby, it died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're good. We're good, guys. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's real. <laughs> yeah, that is. Yeah. There's, like, so many thoughts. But I do think, and I don't think it has to be parents either. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, we were lucky enough, right, to have, like, supportive parents. But, um I can think back to like a teacher that offered to stay mm. after school with yeah. me and help me through math. And probably I have the dyscalculia as well because I've, I just really struggle with numbers. But um, having him offer to like, I believe in you and I'm going to show you that you should believe in you too mm-hmm. was like, I will never forget that guy. Mm. And so like a teacher or another parent that takes mm. a child to practice because one parent's too busy or like anybody can be that person yeah mm-hmm. which because not everyone's lucky enough to have parents like us that's like so it, true it sucks mm-hmm. but that's the reality of it right but mm-hmm. but you can be that person for somebody else too yeah I think as an adult too yeah I think that that need for having that support and that go-to person that never goes away mm-hmm. I think it becomes harder as an adult though mm-hmm. when you are expected to be independent yeah that's like that's like this hallmark of being successful is how independent are you yeah and when you're not like forced into social situations right you don't have to go to school if you're working from home it's just really easy to not seek that out or not have that that natural support so how do you still have that person that believes in you as Mm -hmm. an adult um I was just, I'm reading a book right now by Dr. Hollowell. Are you familiar with any of his work? Okay, he's like, he's an ADHD researcher. He's very like, 
like doesn't seem like a psychiatrist at all just like very down to earth a little bit hippy dippy but very good but um the chapter i was just reading was talking about exactly that they said like the best predictor of success with adhd and also like um suicide risk is having a supportive person in your life so it's powerful stuff i mean it's not just yes it's not just speculation like this is this is so big and so that makes me think about as someone who can easily burn myself out trying to be that person for a lot of people mm-hmm. how do then we also find balance mm-hmm. of i need the support and i need to not <laughs> you right, know what i mean right. i don't know like you have to put on your own mask first on an airplane yeah. before you can help yeah. others yeah definitely um but i think as a as a therapist and as a therapist in a community setting i think this then comes back to that idea of knowing your strength and knowing your limitations Mm -hmm. and knowing that sometimes it's better to prepare that person to find someone else, Mm -hmm. to set them up with the supports rather than being that for Mm -hmm. them, which is tough for me Mm -hmm. because I'm like, I can do it. I I know I will love you unconditionally and I'll support you and I'll care for you, but I can't Mm -hmm. always do that, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And you can't always do that for everyone too. Just being like a neurodivergent therapist and like yeah. being a parent, when you're putting all that effort into the people that you care about, at the end of the day, it could just drain all your spoons, right. and then you can't refill it to keep on doing that for others too. Yeah. So you gotta learn, yeah. like kind of when to set those boundaries and be like, okay, I understand this is what you need at the moment. You also have these support systems because yeah. right now, if I don't recuperate my spoons, I won't be able to help out further. Mm. Yeah. Gosh, that's so important. I love the freaking spoon theory. <laughs> yes, I love spoon theory. <laughs> Spoonies through, through and through. Do you, I'm, I guess I'm just thinking of like, like obviously like the, 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 the amount of therapists that understand and can help is so small that like if everybody had one person, mm. just one person that they knew that if they would call that they would pick up no matter what time of day it was mm-hmm. or whatever, like how powerful that like if mm-hmm. if even half the people right like yeah. had just and it and I don't like obviously there there are certain situations where you need medical right like mm-hmm. there's absolutely yeah. that but then there's just a lot of people that just need somebody to listen yeah and just talk to mm-hmm. just like a vent session I mean we all do it yeah you know? yes. <laughs> whether you're venting to yourself in your brain but it's more powerful to have someone just do that co-regulation with you not even just like having any input just actively listening and being there present in the mm-hmm. moment not saying a word can be so much more impactful than just being by yourself mm-hmm. mm. gosh that's so true wouldn't it be cool to start like a movement like that where like <laughs> everybody like like we like empower people to like pick a person or have mm. have somebody pick you or yeah like even if it's like a weekly call or something yeah like yeah. A, a buddy, buddy right? like a buddy system yeah mm-hmm. yeah so my I, my kids at school, I don't know where this ever started, but I love it. They have a buddy bench on their playground. Mm. I don't, do you have you? Uh, I've, heard of, I've heard of those. I love them so much, yes. I, I literally get choked up like every time I think of a kid sitting on a buddy bench, but I love... Wait, tell me about it. I don't know oh, what yeah, so it's just It's literally just like a park bench. Okay. It's like a metal park bench, and it has... I think it has, like, buddy bench, like, written into, like, the back metal of it. Mm-hmm. And if a kid, if a child is sitting on the bench, um, another child or recess founder, like, they know that they're looking for somebody to play, but they're not, oh. they don't have to say it. Yeah. They just go sit on the bench, and then other kids are supposed to come and 
include them or mm-hmm. the recess funder or whatever. Yeah, like they're not having great with the social cues and stuff, and they're feeling overly anxious. They know that someone that is feeling more Coptic could come yeah. and come grand you and be like, oh yeah, come play with us. Oh my gosh, I would have loved that as mm-hmm. a little kid mm-hmm. in elementary school. Fortunately, I did have a really neurotypical outgoing friend who, who was that for me, but <clears throat> I would most times spend my recess just like looking through the pebbles yeah and I would look for ones that look like fossils and I remember like people would tease me for that like what that's so weird why don't you just play with friends and then so one of my friends like took me under her wing she's like no we play make-believe and you're gonna play with us I'm like okay (laughs) which I was totally happy looking (laughs) through the rocks Mm -hmm. right but in that time in that space maybe that's what I needed that that protection from my peers yeah of masking or whatever right but I love that idea of buddy system because it removes that requirement for like that social initiation, which is mm-hmm. tough for adults, oh. but let alone children to be like, I know I need that. Right, right. So, and to like have their emotions, yeah. like, to be able to like verbalize emotions. <laughs> right. Yeah, most adults can't do that. So yeah. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> nope, that's what we work on a daily basis. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Buddy bench. But no, this, I- this movement, this idea of buddy system and even like your idea of having these these group gatherings I think is so important too yeah of community right I mean that's like mm-hmm. that's why we are working on diverged community is like just to, to to build that but we have like this online presence but I think there's something so powerful about like physical presence mm-hmm. too and being mm-hmm. in, in a real space with someone so this idea of having whoop turned off how about now? Testing, testing. testing. One, two, yeah. three. There we go. Okay, oh. there we go. Nice. Okay, back at her. Back at her. <laughs> All righty. What the heck? All right. Well, the camera died. <laughs> Did it? Yeah. No. Where, where were we at? at what, 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 what were we doing? What, what were we talking about? Uh, the movement. Yes. Oh. <laughs> the movement. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I love this idea of having some type of buddy system, especially... If people volunteer and they know they have the spoons for it, like, yeah. I have the spoons to help another individual right now. Oh. Or, you know, just, we, I think we all could just use someone. Right. In that point in time. And how important is it to, this is truly just like a question of like, yeah. that you identify that person so that they know that they're your person? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a godparent kind of. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, no, you're assigned, you've accepted the role. Right. Mm-hmm. It can can change if it needs to i don't know if that's the same with godparents but but you know that person is there yeah and And sign up for it for one person yeah it's a different responsibility right than like being like a normal like a friend who's like okay well i'll talk to you you know whatever versus like that's just their role is just to talk to mm -hmm. have you talk to them really right Mm -hmm. hmm I'm thinking, like, how hard would that be to only active listen? Yeah. (laughs) It's hard. For me? It's true. It's very hard. Yeah, because it's so easy to want to jump into problem Mm -hmm. solving or, like, coaching mindset when it's just, like, nine times out of ten, someone just wants to be heard. I teach that a lot to my parents. We talk about the zones of regulation and stuff, and sometimes when a kid is in red zone, like... Our brain is just in that fight or flight. There is no logical reasoning that's happening, so... You trying to reason with a kid is just going to get them overwhelmed and adding stimuli. So you just being present in the moment is going to be way more effective yeah. than not. And parents are like, 
I just want to like be like it's okay, it's okay. I would, you know, but you're adding still the mm-hmm. stimuli of saying it's okay mm-hmm. is still being can be overwhelming and triggering yeah. to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, tricky. what's the best thing for a parent to do? Just like be there, yeah. Like, physically be there, yeah. Physically like, be hug there. them, yeah. Even or is that even too much sometimes? It 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 depends on the kiddo. Yeah. Uh, I love adding proprioception. That's my uh, that's that hug like feeling. Yeah. Just because it is shown to have good effects in like decreasing arousal and stuff. Huh. But but not for everyone. It's not for everyone. Uh, I I find it really comforting and whatnot. So if you know your kid is okay mm-hmm. with those hugs mm-hmm. and stuff, just physically being there in yeah. the moment is good. But yeah, let's. It's hard for a lot of people because you want to be there to like say it's okay and say it's all these things, but sometimes your their like regulation system just needs someone to listen yeah. and be that mm-hmm. input for because mm-hmm. any more input like the world is already having so much input and that's why we're in this red zone state. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I like that. I'm like reflecting on um, as someone with. Panic, who has panic attacks I'm like thinking about what I need in that space and I'm thinking that I'm someone that definitely resonates with just having someone present mm-hmm. and I like to squeeze the hand like if yeah. someone hugs me when I'm in that space that makes me feel more trapped mm-hmm. and that like increases that fight or flight response for me because it feels like I'm becoming more claustrophobic or yeah. something mm-hmm. but I think that that's pretty for most people, especially like as in tune with emotions as you seem to be, I think it's pretty easy to read. Is this person responding? Is it amplifying the experience? Mm-hmm. Are they crying yeah. harder? Because some people just like it melts, it melts mm-hmm. that stress away mm-hmm. to just have that that security of being held. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, thinking about this this movement, this buddy system, like. N- of course, my mind's going to all like the pragmatic, the practical things of implementation. Like, how would it? How would that practically work out? Like, what kind of baseline education would people need to be an effective buddy? <laughs> you yeah, know, of yeah. course, that's where I'm going with it. But um, I think it's a really powerful, interesting idea, and it kind of reminds me of like, um, what's it called, Big Brother? Yeah, Big Brother, Big, big brother, Sister. Big sister. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. the same kind of idea of having that supportive yeah. older. Yeah, it doesn't need to be older, yeah. but in that case, yeah. it is. Right? Yeah. What would be a fun name for it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll come up with something. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, we have a lot on our plate already, so Nancy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys took the podcast yeah. Yeah. off my yeah. plate, so thank this you. you girl. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. I'll do yeah. that, buddy. You just got to start a movement, okay? It's yeah. 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 We'll do the small podcast. You yeah. do the big movement. It's fine. It's all good. We'll advertise it on the podcast. So yeah, it's all good. <laughs> Oh, I do. Yeah, you you guys will have to check me on the details because I will just be big picture only. Um, but Rachel's really good at the implementation stuff. Okay, oh, I am definitely the big picture. Yeah. Like, I, I want this to be the better help, like for neurodiverse affirming people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, Rachel's like, yeah, Rachel's like, okay, but we still have to talk about. Uh, just the person like, we're seeing But tomorrow. what about protocol? Yeah, Literally protocol. last night, I'm like, so this hypothetical situation that may happen one day on our Discord, should we write up a protocol and implement it with all of our, our moderators? She goes, our moderator's my husband. I'm like, okay, but I'm just saying. <laughs> like, we might need a protocol. So, yeah. yeah. She was talking about, like, bullies and stuff. Like, how would, how would um, our moderators know if someone's being a bully? I was like, well, I would hope my husband knows. No, <laughs> I would hope that, you know, after, you know, just thinking. 11 years of being together, he'd be like, yeah, I think that's not a good thing. <laughs> Otherwise, I picked the wrong I person. I trust him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I picked the wrong person. 
we balance each other out really nicely. It's very good. Yeah. We keep each other grounded in a lot of ways. <laughs> We're very yin and yang, I feel like. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Still ADHD, which just also talks about how diagnosis right. does not look the same yes. in a person. Yes. Yes. Mm. Yeah. And I think, like, watching the two of you, it's almost like seeing myself in, like, the corporate <laughs> world, like, from, like, the outside. Because yeah. I always had, like, the other person to be like, oh, okay, good idea, but, yeah. like, yeah. there's a million things that you haven't thought of. Yeah. Like, having coffee on a Saturday morning three days ahead of schedule. Like, yeah. what? You don't even have chairs. <laughs> <laughs> I, who cares? cares? Like, who cares? Just get the people here. I'll figure it out. <laughs> but, but sometimes yeah. just implementing it and doing it is way more meaningful than, like, having it be perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, we needed this discussion, you know, our friend traumatically ended her life and you saw that there was a need for this in the community and it's better to do it now than later. Cause I mean, we could have been sitting on the floor. That would have been perfectly fine. No, but it's important to start it now. Like whether it's mm-hmm. good or bad, mm-hmm. you know, just being there for the community now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do agree. I think because I was literally like looking at my calendar and thinking next week's Easter and then the weekend after that looks good. And I'm like, it loses all of its meaning in yeah. three weeks. Yeah. And what could we have done in those three weeks? Like what could happen today mm-hmm. that we could be so much further Yeah. in another two weeks? And we needed this. You know, yeah. like that's what's like... This is such kind of an altruistic thing, but there's also very much that selfishness of like, this is helping us. This is our therapy too, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's powerful, powerful stuff. Well, I'm glad that we can like celebrate her. Kind of. Yeah. And like a positive. Yeah. I was telling Rachel that I want to do like a scholarship or something so that, because therapy is expensive and not everyone has the insurances that could cover the right therapist Mm -hmm. and how I want people to make sure that they have access to a therapist. Mm -hmm. So we're thinking about starting a scholarship in her name with her dog because her dog was Clover. It was her daughter. Yeah, that was, yeah, yeah, till the last day, like cared very much about her dog. Um, So yeah, just to have the importance of having access to the help that you need mm-hmm. and the support you need. Mm-hmm. The Clover Fund. The dog's yeah. name is Clover Marie. Yeah. Obviously Clover the Marie. Marie. <laughs> yeah. Clover Marie. Mm-hmm. The Clover Fund. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. You yeah. know, though, we got the news when we were together, which was a blessing because yeah. we were able to be that support and be there for one another while we were processing it. And, but I think it was so interesting to see how we both processed it differently. Yeah. Like, my go-to was, like, all of the feelings, and, like, I just needed to talk about my emotions and feel it, and Stephanie's very much, like, what actions can we do? Mm-hmm. How can we, how can we help others? How can we take this and do a positive thing out of it? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think both are so important, mm-hmm. and I think we're able, like, Stephanie's kind of able to process and explore the feelings, and I'm able to make mm-hmm. things from it, um, which I think... I don't know what I think, but <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, you just never know how you're, how you're going to respond in a situation until you're, you're thrust into it. Yeah. And 
how to keep living. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess, mm-hmm. is there, like, advice that you would give somebody else that, like, somebody pro- somebody did get this news today, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you are, like, receiving the harsh news, knowing that, like, it's not your fault intrinsically, uh, and it's okay to grieve and take time to grieve, and your grieving process is yours. So, like, me and Rachel's grieving process is different. I've had other, you know, instances in my life, so I've had... I understand grief a little bit better and stuff, and I know how to cope with it for myself, but also the way Rachel grieves is also just as effective and good for her. Um, And to not have someone else say, like, well, you, you know, you only know her for three years. What about the people that have known her for, you know, X amount of years? It's still, you saw the life in her, and it's still just as impactful Mm -hmm. for you. Yeah. And I think advice I would give is as much as you may want to isolate and pull away, I think if you can find that one person Mm -hmm. and you can let them be there for you, um, you might not be able to communicate in the time and space what you need from them, but just allowing them to be present in some capacity, I think is so important. Um, You know, I had Stephanie, but I was also thinking about all of the other people that loved her who maybe didn't have someone in that moment that were processing it with. So I started a group message with just a lot of her friends and they were so appreciative to be having someone that understood going through it with them. And so I think that's so important that even when you want to isolate and pull away and shut down, that just let one person Mm -hmm. stay with you while you do it at least. Mm -hmm. Mm I love that group message idea because it's because you never know who that lonely person is. They got the news and mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Oh man, you guys, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. So good. I'm I'm thinking about um, there's a Simon Sinek talk that he does about at the beginning of COVID and how he reaches out to like a military friend of his mm-hmm. and he's like, what is trauma look like and how do you know if you're going through it mm-hmm. and and so like they they're like you won't go through it at the time it'll be later mm-hmm. and it you know could look like this or that and so he made a pact with his friends that were all type a personalities he's like if any one of us cries we can't cry alone mm-hmm. and wow i just i think that that's so, like, so <laughs> yeah. powerful that like you can cry just don't cry alone like mm. have somebody there mm-hmm. and i wonder i'm like if she had somebody there, like, yeah. you know, like, mm-hmm. again, we can't go back, but I know. Um, it goes back to that, like, that one buddy, that one person, mm-hmm. like, if you can have the one person to cry with you. Sorry, I just had another thought about your movement that you're doing. <laughs> that we're putting on you now. Yeah, about your movement that you're checking in on. As you're saving the world, Nancy. Something, <laughs> something we should add into this is... So, like, in psychology, um, especially as it's related to, like, recovery and suicide, oftentimes there's this idea that you make, like, a contract, Mm. right? And so it's primarily for you to be able to have that self-awareness to know, like, what triggers are and what the situation is, but so that also other people can hold you accountable. So I'm thinking as a part of this membership, 
maybe this process of like knowing, hey, this is what trauma looks like for yeah. me, or this is how I respond, and this is the support I need. Something just super yeah. basic of yeah. like, when this, mm-hmm. typically I do that. Obviously, that takes a lot of insight and exploration, yeah. but mm-hmm. to have that, mm-hmm. so there's no question of what do you need from me right now. It's mm-hmm. like, when someone dies, I just need food constantly. Like, I need there to be food there, you yeah. know? And it's like, okay. yeah, Or just sit on the couch with me or yeah. whatever, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can think about it when you're not in that state of emergency yeah. where you can't extend the executive functioning to know what do I need it's just like hey yeah you know just go read my paper yeah <laughs> just yeah. go read the, yeah. yeah I don't know just a thought <laughs> just no, I a love thought. that I love that and I think questions are so powerful right so yeah. like putting the question of what do I feel like or what are like what are the the things that I do that could maybe show somebody that I'm struggling mm-hmm. like just that question alone is like it makes you think about like what do I do Mm -hmm. and then what makes me feel the best Mm -hmm. because I I don't know that I could answer that question for myself right now Mm -hmm. I need to think about it yeah 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 Yeah. but like how powerful to to have a sheet of paper and say like okay like over the next week I need to Mm -hmm. figure that out yeah and it's such a neuro divergent friendly thing Mm -hmm. or modality too because it's you don't need to communicate, especially for a lot of people when they're experiencing overload or going into like meltdown, words aren't an option, yeah. right? If they know that, hey, I already have this thing and they already know about it, I don't need to try and, yes. try and communicate it in the moment. It's just, it's kind of like having uh, a living will or just like acknowledging yeah, yeah. what your wishes are when things aren't. Inher- I mean, inherently, we're all going to experience trauma. And we're all going to experience loss, and preparing for that in a way that allows you to have a bit of control and comfort in it. Yeah, yeah. I love the living will. I know, it's truly living. Yeah, it's truly like yeah. how we want to live. Right. right. We are going to go through crap. Like nobody yeah. doesn't go through crap. It's just how do we get through the crap to yeah. the other side? Oh, guys, I think. The last time we wrapped this on a podcast, so I think we need to meet again in another month, yes. and then we'll see how we're yes. doing move it. Yes, <laughs> that will give me some accountability. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. No, I would really love to meet at, with some frequency and have uh-huh. have things like this. We can invite you to our Absolutely. space too. It's yes. very casual because it's yeah. our home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I almost like was like, why don't you guys just come to my house yeah. instead of here next time? Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like. Oh, all three kids are there. Oh, yeah. There's going to be like Dunkin' okay. Donuts. Either slider. way, you'll have dogs. But okay. In the summertime, yeah. and we have a dog too. She has such a lovely property. We can go visit her horse. Yeah. Oh, apple, oh. apple orchard and stuff. <gasps> yeah. It's so. Oh weird. my gosh. I know. She bought a house that had a horse just living on yeah, it. Yeah. So they left the horse. So. I don't know if I'm okay with that. Um, <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. This horse is thriving now. They were not before, but yeah. they are in good. Oh, yeah, I'll show you the pictures hands. in a minute. Yes. Are you a horse person? Uh, I used to work at a therapeutic horse ranch, so but like as a side assistant, okay. so more with the kids and stuff, not necessarily with the horses. Yeah. So I've had experience. So you're more comfortable than yeah, your average Joe. Mm-hmm. Horses yeah. scare me. It's a mini horse. Oh, yeah, okay. she's yeah. no bigger. Oh, oh, oh I thought yeah. I, like, I talked yeah, to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, she's literally like she's yeah. hundred pound. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, she's what? Like maybe four feet tall. Okay. She's like the size of a nice, nice uh, German Shepherd or something. A little bit bigger. <laughs> I, I would say two German Shepherds, but yeah. All right. <laughs> That's I did. Great Dane. Yeah. 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 I would say Great Dane is accurate. She's yeah. about the size of a Great Dane. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. 
gosh, she is so freaking sweet and lovely. So that'll be great. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Be really nice. Yeah. It'll be the end of. Well, I'm just April. assuming. Yeah. yeah, or beginning of. Yeah, May. and we're getting yeah. mini goats because, of course, oh, ADHD. Yes. I put a deposit for mini goats, and then told my husband after. Goats, horses. <laughs> yeah. It's lovely. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so I think that that's like the one, like that's the one trait I didn't get was animals. Like my entire family, love everyone around me, like loves animals. We have a dog. To check the box. For yeah. Like, literally <laughs> check good. the box. Yeah. Like, I'm like, you guys play with him. He's a Newfoundland, so he's, oh, like, the fluffiness. Yeah, he's, like, oh. 130 pounds horse in our <laughs> little house. But it's good. It's good for the kids to have a dog. But I literally, my, my daughter wants to be a vet. Like, she's, like, mm. likes horses. She rides horses, like, all the things. But Yeah. Yeah. I think there's definitely... I don't know if it's necessarily a neurospicy trait, but there are definitely people out there, myself maybe one of them, <laughs> that just can communicate and resonate more closely with animals than yeah. with humans, too. So there's something about, for some people, that it's just really, yeah. I think Steph's one of those. Yeah, I mean, it also goes kind of that co-regulation. Yeah, where yeah. You, they don't need to talk. It's literally just having so someone present, present. Yeah. with you at the moment. They probably can't know your living will, though. They probably shouldn't be the buddy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they're great we buddies, have, like, a but human buddy I think too. a human yeah. needs to be. A human anim- anim- animal mm. buddy is fine, but yeah. A robot. No, that's no. for another talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, we need a real human. You know, that does explain it, though, because when my daughter, she doesn't do, like, horse lessons regularly, uh-huh. <laughs> but if she's super stressed with things, and, like, I just, I can tell, like, she's, she's beyond the max, mm-hmm. one horse lesson and she is like mm-hmm. regulated and I've known it but I never like had like until you put those into words I was yeah. like it's and it's worth Ding. every penny <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah it also adds like the movement and stuff that will probably stimulate her brain too but just kind of just being present in your body in the moment mm-hmm. can be way more impactful mm-hmm. than honestly like a full therapy session it's kind of we help identify those things like saying hey these things could be helpful in the moment for you mm-hmm. interesting Ah, so man, it's like a huge light bulb. I know, I'm sure amazing. Mm-hmm. I love ah, it. Thank you guys so so thank so much you. for coming. Oh, so or, well, thank you for inviting us. Yeah, thank you for coming into your office. I'm just saying, yeah. too. Yeah, I don't know. You normally are here. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> of course. And I'm just throwing it out there. I haven't like, I would at some point. I don't know. I don't know if we can do this with kids, but we, it's my kids, so I guess you have my permission. Mm-hmm. I would love to, like, somehow get, like, kids' neurodiverse yeah. voices out there, too. Yeah. Because I think it's so important to hear, from a kid's perspective, That's so good. what they're doing. Yeah. I love that. And, yeah. and that they're, like, super successful and thriving. Because, like, yesterday this mom was like, how do I tell my child that she's dyslexic? And I was like, no, like, I can't wait to help you tell your child yeah. that she's dyslexic. But I think it would be so powerful to have, like, a voice that we could, you know what I mean? And, like, like yeah. they're normal kids. Yeah. Like, your daughter having her podcast on there for other kids to listen to and be yeah. like, oh, look at, you know, she's mm-hmm. dyslexic and I'm dyslexic and she likes horses and I like horses. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like, it's just kind of relatable. And, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It's telling us. I oh, love that. <laughs> I, watched, I watched a like, video of a little girl. I think it was on NPR. Or listened to an uh, audio of a little girl who had... OCD, hmm. and as someone who has OCD but was not diagnosed until oh, you're okay, yeah. sure, yeah. an adult, it was so powerful that like I'm like oh my gosh, if I had heard this as a kid, yes, mm-hmm. oh I wouldn't have felt How? so alone. Yeah, you know? so I I think that's turn onto something. And I feel yeah. like 
it takes a special kiddo to be able like to be that okay with it right yeah but i do think that there there are kiddos that there are, are yeah. yeah and even just a couple voices are like yeah. a couple way more than what we have right now yeah i don't know yeah Thank you for joining us for another episode of Neurodivergent Voices. Interested in an interview? Email divergecs at gmail.com to get it scheduled. If you're neurodivergent or think you might be, you deserve a community of individuals who support and understand your lived experience. And that's exactly what Diverge Community Membership is all about. Go to divergecommunity.com to learn more about our membership and join today.